What is up, everybody? Welcome back to See the Floor Podcast. You're here with the brothers, man, K. Malone. Ryan Wilson. You ready, brother? Let's get it. Welcome back, everybody, to See the Floor Podcast. K. Malone here. Ryan Wilson. Episode two. Got something special for y'all. College athletics, college basketball, but a topic that a couple years ago was super controversial, but looking now, 2020, it's a real thing. Should college athletes get paid? Show me the money. I don't know everybody. I know everybody feels different. I know there's a lot of opinions out there, but we're going to break it down for y'all a little bit. Just kind of give y'all some of the facts and figures and kind of explain what's going on to where now college athletes are getting an opportunity to make money off their likeness, but then also give you what they are essentially getting now, but then also the grand scheme of like all the money that is being made. There is progress being made. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely. So for all those kids that are in high school now. The parents of those same athletes, student athletes. Yeah. Like kids in college now that are going through it, that if you're in college now and you're a senior, junior, whatever, you might not see it, unfortunately. Sorry for that. Yeah, but there is hope. There yeah. is hope. Definitely. And the other thing is, is college athletics are the lifelines for universities. I mean, college football, men's basketball, seriously, really, really help fund athletic budgets in universities. They keep the lights on, essentially. And like I said, the revenue being made is unbelievable. So uh, ESPN article that just came out, if there's no college football this season, $4 billion loss. $4 billion? That's so a lot of money. Basketball's going to fall right under that. And we, we talked about the CBS report that shows the revenue for the NCAA tournament. That's $700 million. So that didn't happen this year. It's a lot of money being lost. Yeah. They didn't they didn't take account for that uh coronavirus. No, not at all. And without having these sports, like you gotta understand that money doesn't all just go back to the athletic program. It goes into the university. So this is also money that just regular students see. This was what goes to building, this is what goes to pays teachers, this is what goes to fund a university outside of student fees and tuition and uh public and private donations. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, people want to know or they don't necessarily know, what does a full scholarship actually cover? Yeah, because when I was in school, I went to a private school and there was no full ride. I mean, it, it ended up I ended up getting a partial and then they stacked another partial on top of it just to give me a full because that's what I was promised. But, yeah, so, so most scholarships aren't full. Yeah. Um, when I previous season, previous school year uh, at Oral Roberts, another private university, I had a full scholarship that covered my books, my tuition, my room and board essentially, but I lived off campus. So that's another thing that we have to get to is for students that live on campus, yeah, you get your room and board, you get meals in the cafeteria and, you know, the athletic expenses. But a big thing that didn't happen until 2015 
is what they would call a cost of attendance check, which essentially covers everything that you would need to live. Like if you're off campus, if only I was born a little later. Yeah. <laughs> the, what what they call it back in the day, a, a stipend for y'all. If that's like, yeah, but we didn't even get that. Man. We, money didn't see our hand. We, we walk up to the line, order our food, coach paid for it. Wasn't no leftover. You keep to yourself. None of that. Yeah. And, uh, for me, my cost of a tennis check that I got, I got $1,580 each month. And that was to cover my rent for my apartment for me to get groceries. And if there was anything left for that, and, uh, for everybody that knows, like getting an apartment is not cheap. Facts. So, you know, you make do, but at the same time, one of the things that people want to know is why can't athletes make money off of their likeness and their image? And it's because of the rules in place and the rules in place say that you can only get what is allowed in a full athletic scholarship. It honestly doesn't make any sense because, I mean, it's it's 2020. Like you have these influencers, YouTubers making millions and off their likeness. So you telling me I can't make that same money because I'm enrolled in school? Yeah, and you definitely should. Like, there, there's no way around it at this point. It, it's 2020. There's no way that these kids that go to these top universities don't have a following. And one, those kids that go there and have that following, they bring fans, which brings dollars. Exactly. Because kids today in high school, top players have thousands, millions of followers before they even step foot on campus. Yeah. And so – with that being said, I know a lot of people that are interested in this have seen that in California, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill to allow uh, players to strike endorsement deals and hire agents. And with that essentially being done uh, for California, which will go in effect in 2023, a lot of those athletes will be able to have endorsement deals and be able to have an agent per se to help facilitate those deals the same way that an agent would if you're a professional athlete. That's that progression. Yeah. And so obviously that's just that's just one state, but it's hopefully yeah, hopefully, you know, all the other states follow suit. Yeah. Cuz this is a big deal. I mean, uh you even saw Governor Newsom on the shop with LeBron James and LeBron was a full supporter of it because as a athlete of his caliber he sees what these college athletes experience you know for him being an NBA player and now getting a new freshly out of college kid on his team these kids go from essentially having not nothing but they're in college and they have some to where now they're engulfed with this large amount of money yeah yeah I mean he would know best I mean he lived it him being one of the biggest players to come out of high school he knows all about it. So. Yeah, and he definitely had an opportunity to go to college, and you know, he said he would have chosen between going to Ohio State or going to Duke and playing for Coach K. But I think in the that atmosphere and the stratosphere that he's in, there was no way that he could pass up the opportunity to one be the number one pick in the draft, one the endorsements he's going to get, and two now being the biggest Nike athlete there is and having a lifetime Nike deal. And I think. Honestly, where he the state that he was in at that time paid a lot uh, to it to his decision also because I mean, like you said, a lot of these players come from nothing. Yeah, 
and you know they go to school and go back to nothing because everybody doesn't make it to the league. Yeah, for sure. And then you know going to school and going to college and being an athlete, the school makes money. These coaches make buku dollars. Yeah. Coach Cal, eight million dollars annually. That's crazy. That's I be, I believe in the report I read. That's without bonuses. You making the March Madness? That's that's got to be another what five hundred thousand? Oh yeah, I I I mean for him and Coach K and Bill Self and the and the Blue Bloods of the world. I mean I'm sure those coaches coaches their bonuses for that stuff is huge. And one of the things that I think is a way that college athletes can receive some more money and a way to maybe do that without doing some of the shady things you hear about of coaches paying kids on the table during the recruiting process and all these things is for coaches and schools that have, you know, budgets or if coaches that are willing to do that is I would take some of the money that I make and put that into my kids. If that was possible, if that's something I could introduce to the NCAA and say, okay, they get a cost of tennis check. Well, what if I say my kids get $1,200 a month? I want to make sure that they get 1600 a month to where, they can really cover everything they need and also have money in their pocket along with the students that qualify for Pell Grant and FAFSA so that these kids really, really can not just have some money in college, but save some money because, like I said, some a lot of athletes are going to have to use these degrees and go out and get a job. And if all you've done is play your sport, you set yourself up to have success by getting that degree. But we all know it. You have to start somewhere, so to have a financial base to start with would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah these these are kids, honestly. So, you know, a lot of them aren't going to know how to handle money. Mm. So I think you have different options you could, you know, pitch. You know, like you could set up a savings or something, and, you know, create some kind of, you know, goal that they have to meet before they can, you know, have access to it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was one of the things that, granted, my cost for tennis check and my, I, I was and thank God for good parents, financial wisdom, all those things. But I was able to save a little bit of that money that I got out of those checks. And I just said, OK, well, I'll save a little bit of it instead of thinking that, oh, I could just go buy some shoes or buy Jordans and knowing, OK, after college, it'd be good to have a little bit of money saved up to start just whatever, start a business, do anything, because like I said, when you play sports and you create a following, you are now your own brand. So what better way to be a brand and a person by having some financial backing behind it? Yeah. Shout out to your mom, finance accounting queen. For sure. (laughs) So, and that all can be done because of how much money NCAA sports makes. I mean, the, the TV revenue deals for this stuff is crazy. I mean, you see, Every weekend, like college football games, and then when basketball season rolls around, ESPN is flooded. Like you have big Mondays, is you know college basketball games, Tuesdays NBA games on TNT, and then back and forth, so on and so forth. So I mean, there's money being made to watch these universities put a product out on the floor. It doesn't make any sense for you know us athletes or you know student athletes to be the ones that keep the lights on yet we can't eat. Yeah. And it's it's tough. I mean, I'm sure even with just this one bill being passed, there's going to have to be other measures being uh, taken because I'm sure the NCAA is going to try to create some guidelines and some rules to 
um, monopolize and what ways that these athletes can take advantage of their likeness now that that's in play. Yeah, they're definitely going to try to control it and, you know, make it work for them. Yeah. I mean, for you, like, when you were in college, like, what would it have been like to have just those additional dollars um, to just use and to have because of, you know, you had people that came to your games to watch you and then just support that school? I mean, it would have been life-changing because, you know, money, it's a huge weight on people. Just, you know, just people in general. So just to have that, you know, that uh, relief, sense of relief, you know, I feel like it would carry on on the court, carry on in the classroom, et cetera. I just feel like it would make life a bunch, uh, you know, a little easier. Yeah, definitely. You know, I always felt like, you know, we had these booster dinners that we would go to and sit down and eat with people that are alumni or that supported the program and, you know, I got a chance to talk to these people, talk to them about what they do and how do they have all this. And essentially, I could ask the questions and say, oh, yeah, when I'm done, yeah, we'll, we'll talk business, whatever. But I can't at, at 20, 21 years old. I couldn't really sit down and talk business and sit down and say, OK, well, I have this idea. Like, you know, can I with my likeness or whatever? They could put money into it. But because of the NCAA, they technically can't help me or, or do anything or just say, oh, that's a great idea. Well, let's talk about it when you have no more eligibility left. It's really a vicious cycle, honestly. Yeah. And so the biggest thing that I think college athletic needs is some type of plan package put together that athletes can capitalize on this because there are too many things that they are asked to do in their schedule in terms of balancing school, being an elite athlete, giving everything they're got for the name on the front of the Jersey, but they don't get to make anything on the name on the back. Yeah. It's honestly new age plantation work. We're doing all the work, making all the money, but we receive nothing in return. So, and for those people listening, like go on YouTube and look up, a day in the life of college athlete. There's like so many student athletes out there that kind of vlog or make documentaries about what they have to do day to day. And if you really sit down and watch a full day to day, I know people that work say, Oh, it's not that hard, whatever, but it, it's a full-time job. It is. It is. And I, and I'm not saying, you know, you receive nothing out of it. Yes. You get education. Yes. You know, you get to travel and et cetera, but you would like a little compensation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it was hard for me to say, oh, okay, well, I need to get paid more when, like I said, going to Wichita State and Oral Roberts, we travel good. I mean, charter most flights, ate at steak, steakhouses when I was Wichita State. We, I mean, we were well taken care of. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that as a college athlete, I didn't get a great experience out of it. But if people are willing to pay for an autograph or want me to uh, endorse their their clothing brand or, or model something for Instagram and I have to say no I can't get paid for it I can do it but I can't get paid for it I always wonder you know after you know certain games you you know have the signing you sign poster or whatever is that to anybody or do they charge extra for that access how does that work I'm not sure you know we we there would be tons of balls and posters in the locker room and, you know, we'd have pregame meal and I'd, I'd walk by 
20 balls and a, a, a manager would say, hey, can you sign these balls for me? And be like, okay, yeah. And so one day I asked, like, who was this for? And it was like, honestly, I don't know. I said, so you're putting these balls on the table, but y'all don't know who they're going to? They are like, I mean, I assume alumni, boosters, fans. I was like, okay. So they, they have these signed basketballs with all our names on it, but we're just supposed to sign it like it's for fun. Someone's paying for those. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And I mean, granted, cool. There, Someone's paying for it. And yeah, it goes to the team or it goes to our scholarships. But at the end of the day, if those people are giving that, imagine if we could sign some other things or, or during these personal dinners, you know, whatever, by signing this stuff, we could actually capitalize off of it. Right. You know, circling back to, you know, uh, the boosters and the money that the coaches make. What's to say you get you say you get a cost of attendance? What's to say, you know, a coach or the boosters match it? Yeah, I I mean, what's wrong with that? And the NCAA has a working group on a, a whole host of things on the rules and eligibility and all these things. And I hope that they are seriously sitting down with the NCAA committee and saying like, let's look at these different options that these kids can capitalize off of. Because like you said, it could be as simple as your coach saying, I will match their cost of attendance check. There's nothing wrong with that. And for me, I would love to get into coaching after I'm done playing. I would have no problem matching what my kids get cost of attendance. And one, not just giving it to them, just to say it be given to them. For one, I've signed these players. I believe in them. I believe in them on the court as much as I believe in them off the court. So if I'm trying to teach these young men and young women how to handle themselves, well, I'm also going to teach them and me as a coach. And if I had a staff, how to handle that responsibility of having that money and what you do with it in terms of paying bills and paying your, your rent on time and learning how to do those things so that when you get out on your own, you're not left with, okay, I only know how to do so much, but I don't really have anything to show for it. Right, right. And even in that, like you can also set, you know, some kind of requirement, you know, have them take some kind of course for, you know, money management or budgeting or, you know, or you have to maintain a certain GPA, which. Yeah, you have to to be eligible. (laughs) Right, exactly. So, I mean, there's plenty of things, plenty of options you can do, you know, in order to, you know, make sure these players aren't taking advantage. Yeah. And by all means, does there need to be some form of guidelines for it? Yeah, of course. You don't want just people just handing college athletes money because it doesn't make them, you know, an amateur or collegiate. But there is a way to make this work for everybody. Definitely. Definitely. So and one of the things that, you know, we've seen and we've been kind of talking about is you have two really big athletes that there's two different ways that you can skin a cat. Two different paths. Yeah. Jalen Green, who is the number one ranked player ESPN class 2020, decided he's not going to college. He's going to the G League. G League made it enticing enough for him to say, okay, pay you $500,000. do not do not sign with the university. Come to the G League. Come, come play right under the pinnacle to get yourself ready for the upcoming draft and you're the rest of your NBA career. Yeah, I think I think them doing that is, I think it's really opened the eyes of the NCAA because yeah. now they're gonna have to compete for sure. But then you look at, you know, previous year two thousand nineteen, Zion Williamson, 
I mean, you're talking about a huge name, a huge figure. I mean, and you see what he's doing in the NBA and how he compares and what his image and likeness is like. He took his talents to Duke, you know, with three other three of the two other best players in his class. And by all means, he extremely capitalized on the market and the brand of what it's like to be a college player. Yeah, yeah. I think it really depends on the individual. Uh, you know, I really don't know either one of them's background, but I think where you come from has a lot to do with it. You know, a lot of people look forward to the uh, college memories, you know, making those trips or playing for a specific coach, playing for a specific school. A lot of people look forward to that. But then you, on the other hand, you have those other players that, you know, struggle on the day-to-day. You know, their mom is single parent or, you know, anything. They try to figure out, you know, how to better themselves and their family. So yeah. you have to, you know, make that jump. Yeah, for sure. And you look at a kid like Zion, if, you know, people that follow him or look at any of the interviews, he was kind of torn on wanting to leave Duke. I mean, for him, he he loved that college experience. He, he decided, I'm going to go to Duke, which is a blue blood, the pinnacle. He enjoyed his time. He enjoyed it so much that he had to make a tough decision on whether or not I know I'm going to be the number one pick. I played my way into this. I worked my tail off for this. But college is fun. And don't get me wrong, college is fun. Like, for everybody, when, like, I, I had a great time in college. Yeah, yeah. Me, not so much. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, and it's like that. But on the other hand, you may have a kid like Jalen Green who he has seen his talent and said, okay, my talent is good enough. I want to put myself in a position to be ready uh, to go to the NBA. And, and go pursue that dream. You have kids like LaMelo Ball and R.J. Hampton, who's from Dallas. They both decided that college wasn't the best option for them to get ready for this upcoming draft. We're going to go overseas. Now, they're not the first to do it. You know, there have been other kids that have had success. Brandon Jennings was really the first number one player in the country in the Man. beginning. Mean. Yeah. He, when he first got to Milwaukee, he was like that. Cold. So, number 10 pick, Emmanuel Moutier. Dallas, Texas decided to go to China, go plays in probably second or third best league you can play in the CBA. Top 10 pick. Yeah. So it can be done. And, and obviously we'll see where LaMelo and RJ go. Both of them are projected lottery. LaMelo projected top three picks. So, um, like I said, obviously as an athlete, when you're really locked into trying to get to the next level, you'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. And also you have to – you honestly taking – you're betting on yourself. Like you talked about Zion, you talked about Johnny Green. Like those are two different ways to bet on yourself. Because, you know, a lot of people have injury in mind also. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm at the peak of my game, yeah, I, I need to get to the league because anything could happen within those four years or however many years you're in oh, college. Yeah. So Yeah, and for one, like I said. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Did he play seven games? Uh, Seven and eight. I, he came back, so I think he had 11 total games. Still the number one pick. Still the number one pick. And you know what's crazy about the whole thing for college athletes now? Like, when you get hurt, you can technically have insurance that covers the value of what you were projected. Mm. Kid, that, Another kid that went to Duke, Harry Giles, was probably projected to be number one or two. Got hurt, and he was able to cash in on the insurance of the fact that he was going from being the number one, two, three pick falling all the way to 20 and was able to still get paid the value of where he was slotted at before he get hurt. I didn't even know that. 
Yeah, and it's crazy. Like the they're the way and how much money to be a professional athlete, the like the window to get those dollars is very, very slim. So you have to take advantage of it. So one of the ways that you can kind of help with that is that when you're in college, knowing that you have some money behind you, just God forbid you don't get hurt. Right. And maybe that coach doesn't bring you back. Cause for those that don't know, scholarships are one year renewable. One year. They are not four years any longer. Yeah. When you sign, you have to re-sign that scholarship paper every year with that coach. So you can sit down in an exit meeting with your coaches, and they decide, like, we think it's best for you to transfer. We're going to go a different route. Yeah. Put now out, you're <laughs> Put out or get put out, honestly. Yeah. And now you're looking for – a new school, a new place, a new opportunity. And don't put that on top of you were hurt. Maybe you have a, a a history of being hurt. And now you have to find a way to rehab once you leave that university if you're still hurt going in the summer. But if you all you have is just your family, and now you're talking about trying to recover from an ACL, you need physical therapy. You need blah, 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 blah. Because maybe you need to get back healthy so you can take a visit to a school and go show or somebody come see you work out. Maybe maybe you didn't have a great career or you just someone could take you off your film or your potential. So what better way to be able to get back to it if when you were in college, you were had the ability to capitalize on that you were a big name and you just happened to get hurt because people are still going to follow you. People want to see th- that comeback story. Definitely. And you could definitely monetize off of that. Yeah. So. Like I said, there's multiple ways that it can be done. I'm not a legislator. I'm not a lawmaker. I'm not part of the working group. But I am a former collegiate athlete. I am an informed athlete. And I want to see all my friends and younger uh, people be able to capitalize on the fact that, one, you get to go to college and get an education and you get to live your dream. But that if you work hard, there should be some benefit to working hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To wrap up, you know, I I honestly think it's the responsibility of of the colleges or the universities because, I mean, y'all came into my home mm. and y'all recruited me and took me away from you know my family who could be dependent on me after I graduate. Definitely. So I mean, like you said, I I, I think something sh- should be done. I think they're headed in the right direction. I just hope the NCAA does not. You know, tear it apart. Yeah. Hey, Two Chains had his song. You know, NCAA took shots like directly at them. Like, hey, these kids are there is what providing y'all with this entertainment, this excitement, this brand of college. They need to be taken care of. For sure. For sure. So, hey, man, we appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate y'all tuning in. It's been a joy to keep bringing y'all this content every single week, and it's only going to get better. Yep. We're on all platforms. Officially. Officially. On, on all platforms. Finally, Apple. <laughs> took took y'all long enough. Y'all, did, y'all didn't want to do business with us. I, I can see how it is. <laughs> now, nah, we, we we love y'all. We, hey, we, all the networks, all the platforms, we appreciate that. You know, we have a voice in that we can bring content to y'all. Yeah, follow us on Twitter, see the floor underscore. Yes, sir. Follow me on Instagram, be great underscore K A E 
Your boy, witness your moment. Your, you are. Sir, hey, tune in next week. We got a special one for y'all. Got that goat talk. Goat talk. Last dance is officially over. Sad, sad day. But, yeah, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I know everybody's been talking about it. Everybody wants to hear about it. You know, ESPN came out their little list of who they think the best is, who they think. We're going to give y'all all opinion about the, about the GOAT and who really the GOAT is. Definitely. It might get intense. For sure. Tune in. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Till next time. See life like you see the floor.